0: Get reliable, secure web hosting without the long-term contract. GoDaddy's hosting plans are bigger and better than ever with 99% uptime, free 24-7 support, and no annual commitment. Best of all, plans start at just three ninety-five a month. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code Muggle when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Because if I weren't listening to MuggleCast, I'd actually be getting paid to do my job. Thank you, Melissa Reed, 26 of Moore, Oklahoma. This is MuggleCast episode 66 for December 3rd, 2006. Guys, girls, and Micah, I am absolutely infuriated are this you? week.
1: And why is yes. that?
0: Why? I can't even talk about it. You're so angry. WB for, is cheap. <laughs> that is my, that is what I'm saying. I think WB is cheap. Well, we already knew
2: that, Andrew. We I are, agree. We already... Definitely. I, I agree.
1: I would yeah, say I regarding know. some evidence that we've been sending I think yeah. they're
2: trying to pull a fast one.
3: I don't think WB is cheap. It's just that WB is a corporation. And, and and that's what some of you have been saying. They do as corporations do. They recycle footage. Say, if it were movie... F- Goblet of Fire movie uh, footage in an Order of the Phoenix trailer, they can do that. They, they do that. Way to spoil it for
4: everyone, Eric. Oh,
0: uh, Everyone was going to have to wait till after the news. Darn. The teaser is no longer oh, a teaser. Oh, no. Okay. I'm infuriated, I can't go on, I quit my Wizard Rock band, I quit the Pickles catchphrase, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> the Pickles catch Not the Pickles catchphrase. Alright, alright, I like doing that, I admit okay. that. Pickle, 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 <laughs> pickle, 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 <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> That made it into the caption contest this week, Andrew. I am Andrew Sims, oh, I'm very glad. I'm Kevin
5: Steck, I'm Eric Skull,
1: I'm Laura Thompson,
5: and I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Throughout this weekend's presentation of Harry Potter Weekend on ABC Family, new previews of Order of the Phoenix have been airing. 14 high-quality clips can be seen on MogulNet.com, as well as descriptions of each video. The clips feature interviews with the cast, as well as some amazing new shots from the film. Don't forget to check out the world premiere of the extended version of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, tonight at 8pm on ABC Family. Jason Isaacs and his character Lucius Malfoy have made the San Francisco Chronicles list of the sexiest men never alive. This is Lucius's second honor recently as he was also on the Forbes list of richest fictional characters. And for the first time in five years, J.K. Rowling has won a literary prize in her own country. In a poll of 3,000 school children aged 8 to 12, Half-Blood Prince was voted the best Scottish children's book. Joe was unable to attend the award ceremony, but did pass along a message containing news of progress on the seventh Harry Potter book. Warner Brothers has tentatively announced that starting in 2007, fans will be able to not only legally download movies, but also burn them to DVD from the internet the same day they become available in stores. This will include the Harry Potter films as well, so fans can look forward to watching Order of the Phoenix on their computers. Information about the Australian version of the Order of the Phoenix trailer has been released by the government's Office of Film and Literature Classification. They list the trailer as being two minutes long, which is longer than the American version, and the international trailer should be released within the next month. Finally, Forbes released an article this week about the controversial burning of the Harry Potter books. The series has often been the target of many Christian fundamentalists who claim that Rowling has a world platform. Over the past five years, half a dozen book burnings have been planned. Their organizers claiming that the books, as well as Potter fan sites, promote witchcraft. Ray Bradbury, the author of Fahrenheit 451, defended the books, saying there's nothing wrong with the Potter books because they're not promoting witchcraft. They're promoting being wise. That's right, you tell them, Ray. That's all the news for this December 3rd, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, well, thank you, Micah. I was trying to think of something creative to say, and it just didn't happen. Leave the
0: creativity up to me, please. What's this conspiracy now? What? Um, well, Micah, would you like to explain to everyone what we're all upset sure. about?
3: Yeah, Micah, what's
5: bugging you? What, well, what's, what's... actually, thanks to Valerie, 16 of Colorado, because she did a really good thing. She sent us in an email here after I mentioned on last week's show that when I paused the trailer, I think it was around 28 seconds... There's this weird woman's face in the bottom right-hand corner, but that wasn't really the only thing. We found out that that was Bellatrix. However, wonderful. However, the clip is from Goblet of Fire, and it's in the Order of the Phoenix trailer. What's up with that? What? What?
0: No No no, wonder it made me want to go see Goblet of Fire again. (laughs) Wait a minute now.
1: (laughs) You're on notice, WB. I'm telling you. Let's
3: clarify the, the Bellatrix, the whole Bellatrix face thing, and all that—that that is, that is not in Goblet of Fire, but the scene that it's overlaying, the scene that 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 whole face, that woman's face, is overlaying, is actually part of the graveyard scene in Goblet of Fire, showing Voldemort apparently casting a spell. But you can clearly make out in the right-hand side the statue, the gravestone of the graveyard of Goblet of Fire.
0: Well, not just that, you you see Voldemort, he's in the exact same position, with the same exact face, same exact background, everything's the same. Same exact clothing, I mean, who doesn't change their clothes? extremely amusing. That that they took a clip from Goblet of Fire to insert into the Order of the Phoenix teaser trailer, but this just answers the fact that none of the special effects are done yet. Well, so they have to take from what is done oh, and what's done. Gobble of Fire, that's it. <laughs> I don't think the
3: Goblet of Fire is done. I think they're going to come out with an extended edition. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I heard they were. WB was in talks with George Lucas. Now, Kevin Stick, now that we've uncovered the dilemma, Andrew has one theory. What what do you think is going on with this whole footage? Reuses fiasco. Re- they they fiasco. needed this filler. This recycling fiasco. They needed filler. Yep. I agree with that. Totally. I don't filler. necessarily. I don't necessarily believe that not like no effects are done, but I think simply that Warner Brothers was not ready to show us the new Voldemort. So in order um, to they needed well, fifty. Uh, sorry, they, they needed, needed filler like, for like fifty seconds.
5: Design. I mean, come on, that's well, ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not, <laughs> you okay. had Just cut the trailer down to forty-five seconds, and you would have had. It's, had it's that actually, that, it actually
3: it? is forty-seven. Some of them <laughs> And are it is labeled the teaser there, or fifty-seven.
1: So. It's not exactly. That's a I got teaser. a weird desire
0: to watch the Goblet of Fire <laughs> film right after that, and, and, and now, now you you know I know why, why. because yeah. it's yeah. supplemental. I saw that. Yeah. So there was also. Uh, I also had a weird desire to drink Coke right after I saw that. Did anyone else feel that? That's too?
3: because of that voice. Uh, if you turn your speakers up loud enough, you can actually make out. It says, "Drink more Pepsi." Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, That would not explain why I wanted to drink
3: Coke. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But but there's I, the Coke one is on a higher frequency. Kevin can explain. No, you have to play it, it in that. reverse. Oh, well, right. we're getting too nerdy Petsy here. Pepsi backwards it's, is Coke.
0: All it's, right, uh, get back on track. Yeah. I mean th- this is this is pretty uh, amusing. And what's even more amusing is nobody picked up on this until. Uh, Couple of the Muggle castle listeners did so.
3: Yeah, so this new work. Order of the Phoenix teaser actually has some goblet footage for it. I'm-
0: now, with that said, Harry does revisit the graveyard in his dreams in the opening chapter of Order of the Phoenix, but this does still not really explain why would they why they would reuse a clip from Goblet of Fire. I don't think it's necessarily a travesty. I mean, it,
3: it, we all knew that the uh, opening part it's of cheap. the trailer. Well, yeah. it's kind of. Cheap. I would say it's cheap. It's, it's kind of mean, cheap. Well, the opening know. part of the trailer is from Chamber of Secrets. You know when the when the no no when no, the no, Warner wait, hold, on, hold, on, hold on that a second. is so from Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> There's Se- no okay. proof
0: that that is a direct copy. It is it's a not direct not like they, copy. They open up their video editor and they took the little clip. They opened up the Chamber of Secrets file from the WB archives, copied and pasted. Yeah, it. yeah no, and the I Chamber of
1: Secrets that. one, it wasn't even nighttime when it started. It was like evening. It's not so. nighttime
3: in this trailer. What low quality version are you watching? It's, no, it's, you, the okay, sky whenever, is a pink and blue. No, it's not. The sky not. is whenever Easter colors, just like in Chamber clouds, of Secrets.
1: It's nighttime. It's it, not it is, nighttime.
0: It is pink above, but a- anyway, we don't need it to be that. <sighs> okay. <just> okay. Silly. <laughs> but, so <laughs> they, they ripped
3: off Chamber of Secrets. Well, no, put it this way. Like, um, What was it? One of the trailers used uh, the the scene where Harry finds out, you know, you're a wizard, Harry, when it shows him in Ollivanders. I thought another trailer like Chamber of Secrets or something did that.
1: Yeah, but that was a little different because it was the second year and... They were kind of doing a recap.
3: A Recap?
2: Well, what's
1: what's but to say this, they can't this do? This is not a recap. This is
2: filler. It, it this almost... is making you think you see something <laughs> yeah, new when make... you don't. Exactly. Yeah, it would
0: but... it, it would make sense like if uh, it said you know if it had some dialogue. Sirius was like, yeah. 14 like years years announcer was Voldemort. like, yeah. last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Voldemort cast
0: the spell on Harry. <laughs> and it cuts the. And the other thing is that it's only fifteen frames. I mean, so I, you know, we're I'm, we're not gonna sit here and criticize WB. I was kidding when I said we're kidding when we say WB. Yeah, we're um,
5: absolutely kidding.
0: Um, what was I gonna, was I
5: gonna notice how that. I didn't say
0: anything? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what this reminds me of, uh, I guess it was about a year ago, um, when someone found out, and I think they actually emailed this to MuggleDent, um, that. Dobby was in Goblet of Fire for like half a second when they oh I remember and, that um, yeah. another house elf yeah riding in the backs of camels and um, <laughs> everyone got really excited yeah you didn't did camels see yeah, yeah, it, yeah was it, during was a, the it was a really big tournament. deal like everyone got yeah everyone was excited it was like oh my god Dobby is back Wait, are you serious Wait, and yeah, you and spent so
5: much time I remember that you spent so much time putting that clip together and then somehow it got taken down.
0: Yeah, the post got deleted, yeah, because that was when our new system oh, was funky. God. But, um, yeah, so it got. It, it, someone caught it, but this was like a few months after the film was released. So, in a way, this doesn't surprise me that <laughs> nobody caught this, because not everyone's going frame by frame and analyzing every. You know, completely looking into this. Which was so it um, actually in the movie? Yeah, it was it. Dobby. He's like in there for like two seconds. Oh he goes gosh. by. The camera's going one way, and the camel's
2: going the other way. That's
3: like, um,. In Star Wars the people from the aliens from E. T. are in the Senate.
0: It's kinda
2: of funny. Yeah, but, they they do yeah. that as like Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yeah. yeah. Different different things like that. I don't know.
0: So that's uh that's but, the but, big but, revelation of the
2: week. But didn't that guy
3: say that it costs like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars every time Dobby Yeah, says, but he's... Yeah, he we
0: talked about that on the last week's
2: show. Yeah, he a close-ups of that little so, like, that That little thing. This was thing, so just... brief that it probably cost him no time at all. At least a hundred grand, and it wasn't in the for you know it at least five in grand, the background. Whatever. So, you know, it's not going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars
0: every second,
5: but make you feel mm. like a hundred thousand bucks. Oh, my God. oh that
2: Perfect.
3: Good. That was great. Perfect.
0: Your very own MuggleCast t-shirt, on sale now only for a limited time. Just and we actually mugglecast. mean that. Com.
3: It's not like yes. the Disney vault.
0: As we said multiple times now, MuggleCast t-shirts. Uh, are going out of sale on December thirty first, so pick up yours today. Many are being purchased. I bought four of my own, as I mentioned, because I am stocking up. I hope everyone else is stocking up. It's like squirrels in a winter time, right before winter. What do they do? Except winter stock not up on end nuts. They
2: freeze to death. <laughs> I don't... Oh, they what? freeze to death. But <laughs> they stock up on nuts. Squirrels stock up on nuts. So
0: when they go into hibernate,
2: this is like you're hibernating. Oh, okay. So so you want people to wear multiple layers of MuggleNet t-shirt, MuggleCast t-shirts, so they are warm for the winter, right? Yes,
0: uh, they are being purchased by squirrels. There was one addressed to uh, my house, but the tree in the backyard. <laughs> so I didn't understand that, but I guess it was a squirrel. That's cute, Andrew. Uh, but uh, <laughs> moving along, uh, don't forget, it's a new month. So vote for us at Podcast Alley for the month of December. We need your vote to help kick out Keith and the girl from the number one spot. <laughs> I like messing with them so that their fans come after us. Although our fa- their fans haven't yet, but now that I've uh, challenged them, <laughs> oh, I'm it's on, sure really baby! It's on. They can't beat us.
3: I feel bad for the girl. <laughs> she doesn't even get named on the podcast and now. Her fans are being stolen.
0: That's just like the sell of it all. Uh, yeah. The girl, who's the girl? I don't know. Don't. Uh, now here, here's here's an announcement that uh, we're gonna have to wing this week because Ben and Jamie are not here. Little update on them. Jamie, uh past his bedtime we're recording past his bedtime despite the fact he's on aim <laughs> he's, he's <past> his bedtime. <laughs> and um uh, ben is at a uh some knowledge bowl or something something intelligent <laughs> that i would never be invited to uh but they would like us to remind you that muggledat.com's what will happen in harry potter 7 who lives who dies who falls in love and how the
2: adventure finally ends is now on your local bookstore Shelf, or bookshelf. Or you can message me and I'll give you the PDF version. Ooh.
0: Yeah. I'm messaging you right now. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what's uh-huh. <laughs> You're
3: gonna distribute uh, that on all the, the yeah. other websites, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I figured you would. Author, <laughs> author, Kevin
2: Stack. Yeah, cut <laughs> cut their profits into the 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 book is
0: written by uh Emerson, Ben, Jamie, Andy G, and uh Gretchen, who works on the encyclopedia. But we don't
2: talk about Gretchen.
0: Yeah, and I actually have a confession to make. Make, blah, make. I am actually not Andy G. I know I've been saying that's my pen name for a while, um. But the reason I'm revealing it this week is because Andy,
3: Andy, Andy G threatened to sue you.
0: Well, that that's true. <laughs> and um, Ben and Jamie aren't here this week, so I can actually announce something that I don't want them finding out about. I'm actually working on a sequel to this book. <laughs> and um, what might happen? Later than Harry Potter. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked for the title. Oh, it's yeah, actually going right. to be called uh, MuggleNet.com's. What will happen in Harry Potter Seven? a <laughs> 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 Who? It's
3: actually called. Who comes back to life? Who, <laughs> no. who? Who might not have died to begin <laughs> with? And, no. and which
0: relationships last? It's actually called MuggleNet.com's. <laughs> <laughs> how, that was what good will happen man. in Harry Potter Seven? Who lives? Who dies? Who falls in love? And Harry? And how Harry will finally discover the internet. And I, I've struck up a few theories, and I think it's going to be a big selling book. Um, or you could just contribute to Muggleland's editorials, you know. I'm sure they'd love to have you. No, I want to be a published author. Oh, okay. Now, I don't want to pretend like... <laughs> That's what it's all about. So, yeah, this is mm. a sequel. I asked that nobody tells Ben and Jamie about this via email. Uh, so please keep this a secret from them. And uh, it'll be in bookshelves, I guess, a few months from now.
5: It's fine, because neither of them actually listen to the show, so you're you're safe.
0: If anyone wants to help me write it, uh, just let me know. Any co hosts? Yeah, I'll write something. Anyone? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, It'll be
3: the other half of Mugglecast that didn't get on the first time.
0: All right. I will talk to you about that later. And uh, we also like to remind everyone Mugglecast episode 70 70 is going to be our variety show that is made up of your uh, segments. And your filks, whatever you want, just send them into to MuggleCast at staff.mugganet.com. We're just looking, of course, for stuff uh, like MuggleCast remixes, stuff like that. We've been getting a few submissions, and they're all pretty entertaining, and we want to share them with the rest of you. And that is also going to be our New Year's show, when we won't be around to record a regular show. Now, the real reason everyone's looking forward to MuggleCast Episode 70 is because that is when I will premiere my first Wizard Rock single. I'm so excited. It's nameless, for now. I'm still working on a name. I actually Aww. have a little update. Anyone care to hear this?
1: Not really, right but go on ahead. ahead.
0: <laughs> All right, it's just a little update. It's not it's gonna take up your time. Um, Too late. I, I, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm. I gotta be honest. I actually hit a little writer's block. Um, I know this happens to J.K. Rowling. It's happening to me now. <laughs> now I know how she feels. Um, yeah. I the first the first night that I came up with the idea to write this, I, I was throwing out lyrics left and right. I had it all down and now I'm having a hard time coming up with uh, new lyrics. Um but I think I'll have that done within the next few weeks. And uh right now I'm actually looking for I'm looking for venues to start playing some live gigs. And Micah I you live up in the New York City area. I'm thinking Madison Square Garden. Do you yeah. think that would hold yeah, our you've heard listening of that audience? Place? Yeah. Uh, now oh, how I, many seats does that place have? I was thinking
2: more of the Port Authority. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually. What?
4: Yeah, can
5: you can. You, you can, can open you... your guitar case, and <laughs> yeah, you know, people walk by and throw you some spare change.
0: I'm serious about this, Mike. Mike, how many seats is? Uh, wow, I'm gonna get Madison Square Garden. Just, I want to
5: say probably twenty to twenty-five thousand.
0: All right, that is going to be it's a, a very problem because venue. we have about two million listeners. <laughs> this is going to be an issue. We're gonna to have to look in a bigger place.
1: They just have to stand, you know, outside. Way Ah, way back, you can put up big screens.
5: (laughs) Yeah, you know what they can do. There's a TV above Penn Station. They can broadcast you live up there. There you go. Oh, okay. Can you imagine the
0: mosh pit? I don't think Penn Station can hold the amount of listeners we have either.
5: No, but they'll be outside, and they can watch you on the TV on top. But we have,
0: all right, Andrew. Trust me, if they show up to
3: to do the New Year's with you know Dick Clark, I'm pretty sure that they. All
0: right, okay. I'm just you know we have a big audience. I just don't want to you know leave anyone out. Here, I Um, found it.
5: It holds eighteen for hockey and nineteen for basketball. So that is it,
0: that is actually really small. <laughs> yeah, wow. Hmm. You okay, need a bigger to venue. Yeah, we're gonna have to find somewhere else.
5: How about the Meadowlands in in Giants Stadium? Oh yeah, there you go. I like there that. You good, you're
0: talking good
5: like seventy five thousand at least.
0: And we also have a new announcement for one that we we will keep bugging you about up until mid July. Uh, Mugglecast will be at. Enlightening two thousand seven, which is a conference similar to Prophecy two thousand seven and Lumos two thousand six. We announced this earlier this week, along with the Wizard Rock band Moaning Myrtles, and I'm actually hoping to open for them. I got to let them know, you know, about my new Wizard Rock band. Maybe they'll let me open for them. But anyway, point is, we will be doing a live podcast from uh, Enlightening two thousand seven. Me, Ben, and Jamie are definitely signed on. No word yet on the other coast. Eric, you're going to be in New Zealand?
3: Uh, Yeah, but I might come home depending on... I'm going to go to Prophecy, so I don't right. know when I'm coming in for that. It's like,
0: it's like three weeks before Prophecy. Yeah,
3: so I don't know, depending on school.
0: All right. Michael, Lauren and Kevin are still undetermined. Ben, Jamie, and I are actually going to be in... The, we're we're going to be here, chilling in South Jersey. So it's going to happen to work out. Uh, but we're also going to be teaching a workshop on podcasting. It's going to be for like hour long sessions. Probably this is all this is all very uh still in the works, but we <laughs> we're, we're going to be teaching a workshop on podcasting. So if if you want to learn more about podcasting, maybe how to start your own, we're going to go through everything. We encourage you to come to Lightning2007. Also, they're going to have some great seminars. They got a lot of great stuff planned. Just go to light in enlightening07.org. No, no, it's enlightening org, and you can sign up. It's going to be in Philadelphia. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So that is uh where are the dates? July 12th to the 15th, 2007 at the University of Pennsylvania, and we're looking forward to it a lot. So sign up right away, and actually, we're going to be doing the live podcast at Enlightening the night of Order of the Phoenix's uh, United States release. So there's going to be a lot of excitement going on that night. Andrew, so we'll you,
3: talking about maybe you can open for the live podcast.
0: Yeah. That would be like Bono opening for you too, though. <laughs> doesn't make sense <laughs>
3: Well Or you could just break out And song in the middle of a podcast I don't know That's true Just a That's few true. ideas to play out with I mean y-
4: You
0: know I don't know I might get stage fright I'm not sure I don't know how this was Stage fright oh. work out Yeah I, I'm not sure yet And as we've been promising For the past two weeks Episode 66 This episode is our All voicemail show Yay <laughs> Except half of it was talk Yeah We're not hitting kidding. up the phone lines Yeah we're, we're hitting up the phone It was just me ranting we hitting up the phone lines tonight with lots of voicemail questions from you guys. Let's get started. Let's get this party started.
4: Hi, guys. My name's Nick from uh, Illinois. And you guys mentioned a couple shows ago that Jenny um, can hear the voices beyond the veil, but she would have to see someone die. And we don't know if she's seen anyone die um, so far. But do you think that she could have seen Moaning Myrtle die through uh, Tom Myrtle's diary? Uh, thanks for the show. Bye.
0: Does Nick mean see Moaning Myrtle, like, when she went in
2: to the actual diary? Well,
1: I think that that would be the only way it would have worked, and I'm not sure Jenny did go into the diary. Did she?
2: Not to mention, how plausible is it that she saw someone die through a diary that she thought was actually good? Well,
1: the only thing is Nick told Harry, or... Uh, not Nick. <laughs> the <laughs> voice <caller> told Harry? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what they told him. I got confused. No, Tom Riddle told Harry that... Um, he got Ginny to trust him by showing her things, but he wasn't terribly specific about what exactly it was he showed her, or if he just, you know, kind of let her read his diary or whatever. I don't know if he actually took her into that and showed her things, though. Well, I
0: would think that would definitely gain her trust, showing how Moaning Myrtle died, because um... Sorry, calling me. because um... Because I'm sure she was really curious about that. So if Tom Tom was like... All right. You want me to show you her death? And she but, saw it.
1: But then, wouldn't she have known that he was the one that killed her? And why would why would you trust someone like that?
3: Well, actually, he was. Yeah. And would he have? Yeah. Because when Moaning Myrtle recounts this the tale of her death, um, she said he she hears she or she heard a boy's voice. Yeah, it was, in, but, in the bathroom, like calling up because he opened the. Um,
1: no, sorry, but he would probably
3: because uh, he opened the. Uh, entrance to the Chamber Secrets, and apparently, like, right then and there, like, when Moaning Myrtle uh, poked her head out to see, you know, to tell the boy to get out of the girls' bathroom, then the basilisk came and yeah. she saw the, uh, the eyes. So, technically...
2: But but then again, would... Why would that instill trust in Tom Riddle? No, I don't... I, by sh- I don't necessarily unless, think I that. Unless, I mean...
1: Yeah. Unless he showed it to her from the point of view that he wasn't there, you know? Like, well, I mean... I, I don't think Tom would... Riddle was obviously a very powerful wizard. I mean, if he w- wanted to show would her something... I think it's sort of
2: a long stretch, though. Yeah. When you see... You know, there's war videos where you see... You know, technically you're seeing people die, but you don't... It's not the same as being yeah. there.
1: I think the only way it could have worked would be if um, Tom had taken Ginny into his diary the same way Harry went into his diary. And I'm not sure that's what happened. But even
2: then, does it have the same impact? Well, no. W- what what I'm
3: thinking is that he, he wouldn't. I don't think he even would show her when he killed Moaning Myrtle. What, you know that wouldn't instill trust or anything. I I just think it's a matter of um. Ha- you know, Voldemort tr- uh, shares a part of himself with Harry. That's why Harry can speak Parseltongue because some of those powers transferred. Um, I think in in the possession of Ginny. Um, some certain aspects like the ability to see Thestrals or, or hear voices or, or any of that sort. You know, Voldemort is, is, has certainly seen death, so why can it not just be like that vague connection that, that Voldemort shared with Ginny that allows her to, to, um, to hear the voices? Uh, instead of this whole, oh, he showed her someone dying, and therefore she knows what it's like, why can't it just be the connection that, that Voldemort shared with her, or maybe anybody Voldemort possesses uh, at any point would therefore be able to see
2: Thestrals and 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 hear voices because of Voldemort's strict connection with death. Did we even establish that the veil was relayed directly to death? Well, no, what, what we were talking about in a like, couple weeks ago was that
0: Maybe it's a near death that lets you hear the voices beyond the veil. Wasn't
2: it? Yeah, that uh, that's what I thought we had said. But in that case, then, just the whole fact of Ginny's experience in Chamber of Sec- oh, yeah, yeah. Secrets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, cause... I mean, I think... Yeah. Account for that. Oh, yeah. I think
1: Eric brings up a good point because if you'll remember, Riddle said something about, like, how he would pour a little bit of his soul back into Ginny to keep her alive long enough to carry out his plan and stuff. So or what if there's, like well, yeah. What if there's still something there? I mean, well, what Kevin obviously said. Harry.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, Kevin was quick to point out too. She, uh, we're we're here. You know, uh, Nick said, you know, who has Ginny seen die? But Ginny herself was in a near death experience. I think we seem to sometimes forget that she was lying on a floor for. You know, on a chamber floor, on a cold, wet chamber floor, dying near death as, like, her her energy, her life force was being sucked out of her. I mean, that's a near-death experience if there ever was one. so Ginny is very well qualified to see these things and hear these things.
5: I don't know. Just I kind of related bad. back to Harry and the whole idea of Thestrals with why didn't he see it before it if he was – he experienced death at such a young age. And it said because at that point he really didn't understand what it was and I, I don't necessarily know that if Ginny was in a trance and she really knew what was going on. That's a, and yeah, she'd that's remember a really anything that would allow her to recall the death if if she even experienced it in well, the first place. Whether or place. not
3: she knows what's going on. Voldemort knew what was going on when he did it, and he was showing her like his perspective, his whole I, I think if you touch Voldemort, if you touch Voldemort, if you stand in Voldemort's presence, I think something happens to you where like death is just all around you. I mean that that's that's like a sign of his evil. That's the kind of thing I'm imagining.
5: Maybe it's far fetched. How come Tom Riddle didn't die from the basilisk? Well, I because he controlled that. it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> because because yeah, then there'd well. be no Harry Potter series.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so what if what if Harry started speaking Parseltongue with? Well, it did,
3: almost. Probably not. Well, didn't it, like, it was either in the movie or in the movie and the book where um, Tom Riddle made it uh, only listen to him instead of, like... I
1: know that was definitely in the movie. It was definitely in the movie because Christian Coulson
3: said that, you know, it only obeys me now. But, you know, something like that, like, technically Harry could speak tongue, and that's how Harry can understand it, like, later. I, I think it... I can just see Harry using Parseltongue to infiltrate Voldemort's lair in Book 7 or something like that, like using it further. But I I, I thought it was cool that Harry had to pretend that that uh, sink faucet was like a real snake and said open and then it worked. And he kept saying, you know, open to the various uh, doors, like that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is, is, is cool, but almost underplayed. But we kind of know it's there, so I think it's going to play a bigger part later all these so back to the original yeah, back question back to the original question uh, <laughs> all these connections with Voldemort that's i just think the fact that Ginny was connected or that she had that near death experience um yeah it doesn't necessarily mean her one of her aunts or uncles oh p- that reminds me Molly's uh brothers Gideon and Fabian Pruitt died and maybe through seeing Molly's woes she, you know mother daughter kind of thing maybe Molly talked about them to her i don't know I, I think it was. I think I
2: think it has I'm to do still, with Chamber Secrets. Yeah.
0: That situation was just yeah.
3: So dark.
2: Well, if your mother's yeah. as
3: overbearing as Molly is too, I'm pretty sure you get a, a a good enough idea of what she's talking about. Like if you know she says, "Look out for this," you really
0: have to find out what this is. All right, so, next voicemail. I honestly thought that question was going to take us like
1: five. Yeah, seconds I thought so to too. <laughs> Me too. I did too. Hi, Mugglecasters. I'm Nicole,
6: 14, from Virginia. I have always thought the stone basin that Dumbledore had a drink out of was actually a pen safe with the memories of the children he had tortured there. That's why the children did not tell anybody what they ha- had happened because they couldn't remember. Another thing that convinced me is what Laura said in the previous episode. You guys were talking about the brain room and how the brain, how the brain had attacked Ron and maybe left him with memories. Laura compared Ron's acting to Dumbledore, when he was drank from the basin. So if Ron was acting like that way because of the memories, maybe the basin was actually a thief. Love the show. Jamie, you're my favorite.
1: Oh, well, you know,
6: isn't, oh, Jamie. It, isn't
3: it great to hear that Jamie's her favorite and she thought of this when hearing something Laura had said on a previous episode? Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, wait great. a minute, wait a minute. As <laughs> if I recall, I mentioned uh, a, a, a very similar theory. I brought it up. And a 10-year-old told me it was the worst constructed theory he would ever heard. He said, he, "He said it's pretty <laughs> weak theory, isn't it?" <laughs> what was that at the live podcast? No, it was yeah, it was the, the podcast not we did in New York or Vegas, but the the one that LA. we record. No, the one that we rec- I've actually got oh. the one that we rec- oh, oh that oh yeah, yeah it, I remember and that. And it was a guy and somebody told me was awesome. somebody told me he was the same guy who said he was Yoda from the the chat room. You know, from from so long ago. He, who left a voice yeah.
0: Who left that that good Yoda. a good old said was am I'm gonna write a book on classic MuggleCast <laughs> moments. That's definitely one of them. It's a good question. So let's answer it.
5: Well, I think I have brought this up on a earlier show, actually, and I think he's seeing either what's going on right then, or what's going on, or what's going to happen very soon in the future, because the school is coming under attack, and he's constantly talking about no, not the children, not the children, and I think he's seeing his worst fear come true, and that's Hogwarts coming under attack, and him not being there to defend it.
1: I think so as well, not to mention the. The liquid in the stone basin was green. Pensives are white.
2: It's yeah, but I always I always thought that it was like Voldemort's view of the future, like his. Well, that could also know.
1: be Dumbledore's worst fear. Would be Dumbled. It's would possible, be Voldemort's yeah. like outlook for the future.
0: Greatest desire. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, Mikey, you're saying that um that. Hogwarts is going to be under attack? No, I'm saying right at that moment,
5: that's exactly what was happening. When he was in the cave. Oh,
0: oh, okay.
5: Gotcha. I
3: think think Dumbledore muttered a lot and muttered a lot less not the children than he did uh, the pain, make it stop. I know I did wrong. Um,
1: Yeah, but he says don't hurt them. Well,
3: kind of, but maybe... N- uh, he said no, a lot other kind of other things. That- no, don't hurt in that bad. episode, I brought up a lot of the other things he said that that supported my theory then, um, including the pain, make it stop, uh, and you know, I know I did. It-, it-, it seemed like what the children would say if 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 Riddle was torturing them. Uh, in that cave. So I, you know, I ventured the theory that maybe all of... No,
5: he wouldn't be saying that. I mean, that, that that's almost coming from another person's perspective, saying don't hurt them. If you're saying that them is the children, the children can't be referring to themselves.
3: No, but I don't think if Dumbledore was seeing the children get upset that he would actually behave that way.
5: Y- yeah, but he's got to be reliving somebody's moment right there.
3: Well, yeah, he could be reliving... What I'm saying is maybe... In order for someone to obtain the Horcrux properly, you have to fully be able to live like the experience that Voldemort wishes to encase in this, this pensive or the, this basin, which is the memory of, of his, his, his torture, his cruelness, his, his cruelty uh, to these children so you you relive it's kind of like a a mark of why this place is significant it, it was almost as if you know collect the puzzle pieces you can get insight into voldemort's like favorite moments uh if you go on a on a on a Hercule. it's like a photo album think of all his think of all voldemort's uh Horcruxes, as... Horcrux uh, locations as a photo album. And you go back to it, like, the, the Gaunt House was smashed, and, and, and nobody knows exactly what you had to do to get it. But you had to understand a little bit about Voldemort's past to find the Gaunt House. Um, I'm just saying, I thought it tied in more with what he did than with anything that was going on in the future. It's possible.
1: I don't know, I just... I just don't think that that liquid behaved like a offensive. Because... Well, it, it, was, it was
3: obviously it, different, and you couldn't tap it with your wand and put it in your brain or anything like yeah, that. Like, you couldn't make it show you anything. It was there for a it while. It was
5: a little moldy. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. There were laughs> moldy memories. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
5: but uh, it, it almost looked like he knew what he was about to drink, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, he must have known what I he was getting Dumbledore, himself into.
1: I think he did, too. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like pensive juice, basically.
3: Hydrates you because he wanted water afterwards.
0: It makes you go mad. And it doesn't pull memories. Mm.
1: I'd have to <laughs> say that that's my final conclusion on that topic.
3: So maybe a pensive, maybe something related to memories. It makes sense, but we don't know what. And uh, it was definitely a little bit different, at any rate, because it could only be drunk and things <laughs> like that.
0: Yes.
1: All right. Next voicemail. Hey guys, my name's is
6: Tamara, and I'm from Chicago. And briefly, you guys mentioned on your last show Victor Krum, and it occurred to me that I think Joe said that he'd be back or we'd hear from him again. So if we do in book seven, what do you think might happen if he returns to Hogwarts or the Hogwarts area, and he and Hermione meet up meet up again, considering Hermione and Ron are quote unquote together now?
1: Love to hear what you guys think. Love the show. Got the (laughs) (laughs) pun. (laughs) <laughs> I think if he comes back, I think Ron'll get ticked off about it, but I don't think that Hermione would get together with him or anything. Yeah,
0: if Ron and Hermione are together now, I think Hermione's probably over Crumb.
1: I don't I think wouldn't... she was ever yeah, I was going to say was really that much and you know, really she... infatuated with him yeah. to begin with. Why don't you think so? Well, she liked him. I think she... she yeah, she, she, she did, but attention. I think she was using him she... to get to Ron. Uh...
3: I don't know about that initially but she did like I mean he he liked her he genuinely thought she was this pretty you know girl which which she had never gotten from from Harry or or, or Ron and you know she realized immediately she's a smart enough girl that they weren't you know that that Victor wasn't particularly equacious or whatever it was um but I just don't think that Victor, like, if, if Victor came back, I think if this, um, if Tamara's asking about, like, whether Victor will play a part in a relationship that would make Ron jealous, or whether Victor will be jealous to find Hermione had moved on, uh, I in, in book six, uh, Hermione did say she was still writing to Crumb, I think, didn't she? Like, like just... I know she was in book five. Maybe it was book five. Um, And and so, like, I don't know when J.K. Rowling said that we were going to hear back from Victor Crumb. I don't know that it would be like the same situation with Floor, where it's like all of a sudden big character again
5: from book four. I don't think that'll happen. And
0: why would Crumb return
5: to Hogwarts? I think... I think he would fight on the side of the order. Oh
0: well, I guess because Joe said that he's going to make a yeah,
5: and I'm actually, sure well, or we hear. When did from she say that, though? That's my only question. Because depending, yeah. <laughs> if she
1: said it
3: before book five, there you go. I mean, Hermione's still. Oh no, no book,
5: so. I think she has bigger implications.
1: Yeah. No, I think she and, meant like an actual reappearance. And at the
5: end of Goblet of Fire, and I know Dumbledore she did say it. I just don't remember where. Saying, You know these connections that you make this year are going to be important in the future.
1: Yeah, he said you'll always be welcome at Hogwarts. Yeah, you sort of
2: expect that the people that you've been seeing throughout the books are going to play a role Mm. in helping Harry. So you sort of expect. But I I think Victor would
3: be a good leader and be be a good uh, helping hand to Harry. Um, It seems there was some confusion whether or not he'd be like. like a, a jealous kind of boyfriend like if Hermione went with Ron or something. I think Victor, especially in the movie, portrays him as a very like understanding, very mature kind of guy, in addition to being this sports hog, which the books like didn't. Um as far as like him understanding and being like able to cope with a lot of things. The books made him a lot, you know, Her me this, Hermie that, he couldn't even, you know, get her name right, and then the movie kind of made him more flesh and bloody, more humane. Kind of like a, kind of like more like a role model.
1: The uh, the movie portrayal really doesn't have any bearing on what he's going to be like in the book, w- which
3: is why we have to see. Well, what was he like in the books? Uh, he was kind of duck footed, kind of not really.
1: But at the same time, I don't see him being the jealous type, really.
0: J.K. Rowling said at the World Book Day chat back on March fourth, two thousand four, after Order of the Phoenix Order of the Phoenix's release, that well, the question was, will we be seeing Crumb again anytime soon? Joe replied, you will see Crumb again, though not soon, which implies to me, not soon, if it was soon, it would be, you know, book six, not soon would be past it, right, yeah, so, there you go, so, it doesn't have to do with book five, so that does mean, yes. Okay, so maybe, maybe
3: Victor Crumb will show up at the end of book seven, help Harry defeat (laughs) Voldemort, and then, then he'll be looking down at his elbow, which now has a scar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Victor Crumb shows up way later in the season it works okay. All right. Yeah, please.
0: <laughs> that quote came from acciocote.org thanks to them
6: hi Michael Captures this is Roxanne 13 from Sarnia, Ontario I was doing uh, some research on theories in the forums on the Ravenclaw Horcrux and a bunch of these people think that it could be a tiara possibly Granite Muriel's Goblin made Tiara mentioned at the end of book 6 it's shiny enough for Voldemort and could represent the encirclement of the mind very appropriate for Ravenclaw. Just wondering what you guys thought. See ya. Oh yeah, happy Pickle Day. Pickle Day! Woo!
0: Ow! God, that's an old voicemail. Did I tell you guys how I celebrated? 6.30 a.m., wake up, cut school, go to the supermarket, purchase 10 jars of pickles, and I eat them all day in my room. While going to myself, pickle, 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 pickle. But it was my mouth full, so it sounded like... But anyway... That's how I celebrated. Then you skip the next day because you were sick. (laughs) I was. No. The next day, the next three days, you were subsequently
3: homesick from school from eating that many pickles. Exactly. That's what I say. That's not
0: true. I can take pickles like that.
2: Moving on though.
5: Where did this thing come from? Sorry. I I really don't remember.
1: The tiara, it was at the end of Half Blood Prince, whenever they were talking about Floor and Bill's wedding, and Mrs. Weasley and Floor got all teary with each other, she said that she had a goblin made tiara in the How family that she was gonna let Fleur wear it, at the wedding. Mm. Now if Yeah, that's...
2: but he's a pretty resourceful person.
1: Yeah, like how... exactly. But assuming that it's true, and let's just discuss oh this for a God. second. What kind of connection minute. could the Weasley family have to the Ravenclaw house?
3: Um, wasn't it uh, Hepzibah Smith was like a direct descendant of Hufflepuff, and she had some of those family heirloom thingies. And we know we don't know that the the Weasleys are directly related to Ravenclaws. Yeah, that would seem unlikely. But the Weasleys are a pure blood family. Even though you know they're blood traders or whatever, but they aren't they a pure blood family? And we know that in the past, pure blood flam- families such as the Malfoys have you know potential to have Slytherin possessions, and therefore it makes sense that if Weasleys are pure blood, they could necessarily even be related to Ravenclaw. But I guess pure blood families are who you'd look to first if you wanted to find some of the old relics of famous wizards.
2: Such as the founders.
3: Is that making any sense?
2: Yeah, it's plausible. I, I like how the voicemail said uh, shiny enough for Voldemort. <laughs> as uh, shiny is one as opposed his... to it being, you know, Ravenclaw's. Yeah, but doesn't Molly man.
1: saying I have it imply that she knows where it is? I mean, why yeah. why would Voldemort yeah. make something why? into a Horcrux and leave it at the Weasley house? Well,
3: what about Peter Pettigrew?
1: What about it? What, is he
5: a horcrux at <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, he's not a horcrux. But look at that. What is the... Eric's implying that... What is uh, this faithful Pettigrew servant... What is the, it, no, no, it. no, no, no. I'm not even implying that. What is this faithful servant of Voldemort's doing in uh, under Percy's pillow or sleeping with Percy at night? You know, what's... Well, it, 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 strange things. Wait, strange what? Tra- tragedies and strange things befall the Weasleys. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. How did, how did a rat who was actually a man, (laughs) hide out for years and years under the Weasleys, you know, the Weasley family. They accepted him as a pet. Why are you questioning the unlikeliness or the likeness of a a tiara that that Weasley has, that Mrs. Weasley has being a possible... Voldemort thing I Voldemort and the Weasleys Have been connected before Voldemort uh, Possessed their daughter I I think there's more Connections Between the Weasleys And Voldemort Than there is A lot of other people
1: Yeah but You have to consider that, Yeah but Sorry but, Kevin um, No it's okay go. That Voldemort I mean it's a piece Of his soul And we've seen That he does a lot To protect those Why would he Choose something That was in the possession Of a family He would consider Blood traitors?
3: Ah uh, now I see your point and I actually agree with it. Yeah, it's true um, because the only reason the diary was even out there was because was because Voldemort Lucius gave because it of to Lucius. Jenny. Well, Voldemort personally gave it to Lucius. Yeah, you, know, you know, he removed it from wherever it might may have been hiding at the time. So, do you think that by those means that all of Voldemort's horcruxes are hidden, therefore not likely to be uh places things you would find outside of uh, bo- booby-trapped things, with the exception of the locket, which has obviously been removed from the cave.
2: Yeah, but the locket could be booby-trapped. Yeah, it could exactly. is the locket it? Well, removed
3: yeah. from the cave? Though. So
5: that's another question. Well, the locket- yeah, the
1: locket was at Grimald Place.
5: Well, don't you remember when Harry was in the cave and he said, uh, "However you say it, a Keo Horcrux," and the thing flew up from under the lake.
1: I always assume that was an inferi.
3: That was just something trying to block the Accio spell, the summoning spell. Yeah, because immediately after Dumbledore said, uh, "As I would have guessed, uh, the 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 summoning spells, it won't be that easy." Oh, okay. Sorry. Basically, yeah. Um. So that I think that I think that was a what are they called? What are they called? What are they called? The dead people? Inferi. Thank you. And I think it was one of them just jumping up and down. And he's like, you know, we're not alone. But the the Horcrux wasn't in the lake, and if it was, that would really, really stink.
6: Hi, MuggleCast. This is Tracy Bauer. And I had a question about the Dementors. I was wondering what they're classified as. Because they're not in the um, Fantastic Beasts where to find them at all. And they're not human at all. So just wanted to know what you guys think. I love MuggleCast. Hi.
3: This is a good question. A and ghost.
0: I have, they a, float.
2: I have a theory, but you guys go first. A ghost? I, yeah. I, spectre. A specter? A specter? You think so? I don't know if they, they would be classified in any of the Fantastic Beasts classifications, if that's what they mean. Well, I Lethefolds mean, were. Yeah, but th- these are sort of like a class of their own, kind mm. of. I well they
3: we, let's look at the mentors okay they they feed on human emotion or on, on on happiness we don't know if it's strictly limited to humans or we might but they they suck it to happiness It is limited to humans. It is limited to yeah, humans.
1: Because
3: okay. serious yeah because Sirius
1: escape by turning into a dog. Oh
3: right Well, they detect yeah they detect uh strong emotion and they thought he was getting ready to die because or they thought Barty Crouch was getting ready to die because he was getting weaker so they can as so as humans uh, strictly the human range, but, um, so they suck the happiness out of a place. Uh, we know they mate in like cold weather conditions, kind of misty, muggy, coldness. Fog. Fog. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the word I was looking for. Um, I heard a theory once that and and this is the i know it's been speculated but it's actually been quite cool i want to know what you guys think about this um that dementors may be man-made creatures as in as in wizard-made creatures to guard the facility think about it what if dementors were man-made
1: i don't think so uh, because I don't why think so. would it talk about them breeding
3: exactly that's the well, whole – Man-made things can breed. That's like a uh, robot. Like that's like building an artificial intelligence that can r- duplicate itself. Or but yeah, but don't we exist. haven't.
2: Well, the, there is no robot that. I mean, then again, can yeah. Breed well,
0: who's it? to say that you couldn't create something that could reproduce? We I alter, think that makes sense we
3: yeah. alter flowers. We you know we change their colors and things like that. Like why can't wizards create something? Yeah, that, but
1: have we ever created a flower? Well, we're not
3: geniuses. Exactly. exactly. I mean,
0: we've created. New breeds. If you can create it to kill, why couldn't you create it to reproduce? It's magic. I, I think that makes sense. I
3: think if you can create something that's actually like it. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the the top people. But if you are a wizard of government and you need to keep inmates in... You know, if you need to keep criminals at bay, why would you not create a creature that is, is disgusting, is absolutely terrible, is is feeds on on human
1: happiness? But Dementors weren't created for Azkaban. They used to be on Voldemort's side. Well,
2: and I don't see them create... Any good person would not want to bring a creature in the world that was so bad. Oh yeah?
1: Well, I, I don't doubt that someone would make... Someone stupid would make the mistake of creating something like that, but I don't think it was just because... We knew that the Dementors were on Voldemort's side during the First War, and they probably are now.
3: Couldn't they have been in Azkaban before they were on Voldemort's side, or would that have said then they rebelled before or something? It, what I'm saying is their origins very
2: unknown, so I, I just wanted to pose that because I well, the origins are unknown, but if you're describing Dementors to someone who doesn't know what Dementors are, and you know they were created. You don't say they are the creatures guarding Azkaban. You say they were the creatures created to guard Azkaban. No, but I you know was, said saying? that? I was
1: always under the impression that they were just considered so, you know, kind of disgusting that no one really took the time to classify them.
3: Well, in Lord of the Rings, you get... Um... You get trolls and, and – and, or, or, uh, what am I saying? Trolls, orcs uh, are, are kind of – weren't they kind of
2: like elves or something in mythology of Lord of the Rings? They they were in, like f- in Lord of the Rings? Oh, no. Elves are trees, Lord of the Rings, but it if goes, you burn trees you, or something? you No, because in Lord of the Rings there's a long backstory that inv- involves somewhat of demigods oh. coming down and creating – one of the demigods was jealous of the others uh, and created...
3: Kind of like a fallen but elf, it...
2: kind of. Right. But in that case, well, I, I knew Lord of the Rings, was actually the, the, godlike. The super elf, you have the... to
3: burn the trees and like do this, but what I'm saying is like, you know, with the mentors, like, um, just the heinous beasts that they are.
2: Well, it was also like many of the uh, creatures in Lord of the Rings was a mutation of a creature that already existed like a uh, elf-like. Erica
1: yeah, said. that's what I thought.
6: Hi, Mogulcasters. This is Miranda, 17 from Idaho, and I was just wondering, um, what do you think of the possibility that Luna's parents were in the Order? Um, it seems really likely to me since Luna is so willing to help fight against Voldemort and with the dad only being the quibbler, maybe it was something that they used to communicate. Um, however, we never hear from Moody that they were in the picture or anything, and we never hear anything else. So I just want to know what your thoughts were. Thanks, love the chat.
2: You you, ha- you have to remember that the Order was a very select group yes. of people that was put together by Dumbledore and people who were directly next to Dumbledore and had been taught by him to fight Voldemort. It's not saying that her parents didn't fight Voldemort and didn't stand against him, but they I don't think they were in the Order. Yeah, no. This
3: is the problem as a result of... JKR writing about a select group of people about focusing on you know the people in the order you say you, it it comes down to you think it's you know order and voldemort but really just like Kevin said i you know the order is a select group of people and it doesn't mean they weren't on the good side luna's parents it, it seems clearly that luna's father is is kind of whimsical kind of like you know has the right idea with uh, at least being politically aware that things could be wrong with the world um and 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 her mother seems like a great witch so i'm sure they would be on the good side but not in the order i i don't think it's going as far as to say okay seamus's parents are good where are they in this photograph yeah and well, I, I mean, mean
1: even the look at the
4: weasleys, weasleys yeah. right
3: <laughs> yeah the weasleys weren't even in good this thought sort. laura yeah very good thought
1: great minds think alike. <laughs> Hi, Manga
6: Casters. This is Pelavi from Sydney, Australia. I was just thinking of something the other day. Um, in book six, we learned that Tonks had changed her patroness because of a great um, emotional upheaval. Do you think Harry will have the same same thing happened to him i mean do you think that his patroness will change in book seven because of the changes that he's having around him and his great battle with voldemort and if he does survive book seven do you think his patroness at the end of his battle with voldemort will be changed forever just thinking um i hope you can answer my question thanks a lot bye
2: no No.
1: why not well, it happened once. That dimension once.
2: no. See the thing, it hasn't happened once. He his Patronus has always been the image of what his father was—the stag, right? So it's sort of like that—that that one whimsical thing about Harry that. What she's if it's not like change. if it
1: becomes Harry though? Like, what if it's not you know mirroring his dad anymore? Like for once. He stands up and people it's see him. Dad, yeah,
2: Harry know. does mirror his no, dad. No, but and he does. But I, I never but thought of it everybody always like that.
1: says you look just like your father. And
2: but I've I've always seen it as the piece of his father that he never got to actually and, see and and but but, you but you treasures know, like most. It's, it represents his father in him in in such a g- great way, and
3: exactly. y- you know if if yeah. emotion was going to change Harry, you know if high stress was going to change Harry's Patronus, wouldn't that have happened already? You know, I don't high know. Enough stress, I mean, books three, four, five, and six.
1: I don't know. There could be something really horrible that happens in book seven that causes it to change. It's kind of,
3: I want to use the word enigmatic. Which is kind of a you know a cool word. Somebody's gonna give me uh five points for using that word. But it's enigmatic that uh Tonks. Or take means five away for using it the wrong word. Yeah. Way. <laughs> oh. oh crap. Yeah. You know, Mike. I'm you're just right. kidding. I'm kidding. Go uh, ahead. No it's it's <laughs> all right. Tonks, you know, the the whole um emotional thing that she went through, Tonks's patron has changed, but it turns out In the end of Book 6, it was just because she was having some kind of relationship anxiety with with, uh, Lupin. You know, she kind of wanted to try something with him, and he was totally, yeah, I don't really want to do that, I'm too old for you, kid.
1: Yeah, but people process stress stress differently. But she she took it,
3: yeah, and she took it to heart, and, and, you know, that's why it it changed her Patronus. Even though, I mean, it's interesting that J.K.R., and it's enigmatic, that J.K.R. should introduce this kind of... uh, idea that a Patronus can be changed by heightened emotion or stress when it it kind of doesn't seem to apply to a a lot of other people. I mean, people are like, yes, your Patronus can change, but that doesn't mean if you go through stress that it will change.
1: That doesn't mean for sure, but I think it's a possibility. Yeah. Because Harry has this enormous weight on his shoulders. The entire wizarding world is pretty much, I mean, if he doesn't succeed... To be honest,
0: I think this would just upset Harry even more. I think he likes having his dad <laughs> yeah. stag. To be honest, with <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's true. If if
3: his Patronus changes because of stress, he's going to be more stressed out because his daddy won't be there to protect him. I mean, that's that's what his Patronus is essentially is 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 a, is a way for Prongs to really live. Like like in book three, they said Prongs rode again tonight. You know, just because of the
0: the, the yeah. Harry's patronage. In a way, his father's helping his him. His father out. is helping I him.
3: I always out. took
1: and that as James really nice. living on through Harry, but I don't know. I just think that.
0: Well, that's what we're saying, basically. I
1: know, but I think that a big theme of Book Seven is going to be Harry standing up on his own. And I think that. Well,
3: it's not going to change to him. Your patronus can't be yourself, or that no, would be really stupid thing. No, I'm not saying it can like be a... yourself,
1: but I'm saying it can be something that relates more to you
3: than your father. Then, then your it's... father, who you love, and would would have given anything I'm talking to... about,
1: for know. instance, like Hermione's Patronus is an otter.
2: Something personal. Yes,
1: exactly. And I'm not saying that yeah. a father isn't personal, but something that is more huh. okay. like Harry's personality.
3: Well, I think that's the difference between Patronus and Animagus. Um, if Harry were to turn into an Animagus, it wouldn't be a stag. That's safe to say. It would be something more that relates to him,
0: like maybe a beaver, but
3: okay, I but does Hermione's think...
1: Patronus turn into an otter because her mom likes otters? No. How
0: does an otter scare away Dementors?
3: Well, uh, no, it doesn't matter what it all. is. A dement What a Patronus is is an essence of concentrated nothingness.
0: It was, it was meant yeah, to be a joke, okay. sir. But, I, I mean, just
5: kind of laugh. My thought, though, <laughs> was that Tonks changed it herself, that she didn't change it because her emotions changed. Because when she goes up to the castle to bring Harry back, right off the train after Draco broke his nose. That was a good scene. What happened was that it, Snape obviously makes a snide comment about her Patronus changing, and I thought she said something along the lines of, well, I did it because. So that implies to me that she changed it, not that it just automatically changed.
1: Um. I don't remember her saying that, but I could be totally wrong. I just remember Snape saying so that I. it's weak.
3: Oh, yeah, and that, that totally, she like flushed then. But he knew what it was. He knew she changed it to look like Lupin, which is what it was, even though it was it was like a creature on all fours that Harry quickly mistook as serious. B- but I think it was actually Lupin or the werewolf or like a werewolf form. I
1: don't know. I guess we'll have to Interesting. wait to find out about that. Cause, cause yeah. That was
3: good, good, though. That was That's a really good answer.
1: answer. Hey, MuggleCast. This
4: is Peter, age 13, of Atlanta, Georgia. Pickle, as Andrew says on the message, i was calling with a theory um... well not so much a theory more of a question joe said on her site that remus lubin will not be killed by peter Pettigrew's silver hand and i agree with that i think that'd be really dumb But she said that the only thing that can kill a werewolf is the silver bullet does that mean that remus wouldn't be killed if he was hit with the ak and if so where would a wizard get a silver bullet to shoot remus with since that's a muggle
1: item Thanks so much. Love your show. See you later.
0: Well, I mean, all you gotta do is go into London. And <laughs>
3: yeah, no, 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 I think the the important <laughs> part of the honest. question
1: is she said that. Yeah, the and only the thing sil- that could kill a werewolf is a silver bullet. So could he be killed by a cadavera? That's such an
3: like a, a weird question. It's good, but it's like
2: it's it's weird. Well, well, a werewolf. Yeah, can't be killed, but Lupin in, in his human could, form yeah. probably could. So the, yeah, so he's not sort indestructible, of like, right? It's sort of like the benefit of being a werewolf, if there is one. You know, yeah. when you are in uncontrollable and you can't help yourself, yeah. that is a one time you're invulnerable to. But
1: death
3: I don't curse. think you're ever invulnerable to death curse. I mean, if you're living, well, if we if you, talked about this. Something ben that...
5: mentioned one time, like, well, if Hagrid got hit with a bunch of them. Would it take like ten of them to kill him, or would he just because of thicker set?
3: skin or something? And and, and I, I know a few of us were under the being a half giant impression yeah. that you know thick skin or not one soul one life force. Um, but then the, everybody else was like you know dragonhide or armor or cadaver armor or. <laughs> Yeah, right, like right. but I th- when when Joe was talking about this, it was kind of about the mythology of a werewolf because you know Pettigrew is silver hand, obviously, and that was like okay, so that's kind of plot foreshadowing, or it could be silver and werewolves. What about Peter Pettigrew killing Lupin um, and JKR? I believe it was something said about, that that won't happen as as this voicemail mentions, but I but by saying that only a silver bullet can kill a werewolf, at the same time, it's not really saying that only a silver bullet can kill a werewolf, as in, like, about a cadaver can't. Like, if somebody went up and hit, um, uh, w- what's the bad werewolf's name that, uh, Draco threatens Borgen with, that he knows, um, Fenrir grayback Fenrir Greyback, thank you, Micah, um, Fenrir Greyback, I mean, Dumbledore, uh, well, Fenrir got the, got the crud beat, beat out of him that night on the tower, and if somebody AK'd him, I'm pretty sure that would have worked you know hu- human yeah. form or not i think even in wolf form the evadicate ever
5: should kind of work i don't see any silver bullets in book 7 no i Sorry.
1: don't either there but... aren't any
2: guns i don't either there I were don't never know. were there ever any
3: guns in there, but i
1: think the point is that joe words her answers very carefully and if she's saying the only thing that can kill a werewolf is a silver bullet It's not out of the realm of possibility to say that werewolves can't be killed by the Avada Kedavra curse. It's
3: true. It's just interesting also because Moody emphasized it in Goblet of Fire, and this is like my final point on this, Goblet of Fire. uh, Moody said that Harry, you know, is the only survivor of the death curse, and plenty of people have said that. So would that be not including werewolves? Like only human survivor of of the death curse or only living being that survived the death curse? You know, how important is Harry in this whole thing? Is he just the only human boy who survived it if werewolves are impervious? Um, I that believe
1: would be that like he's... a mass
5: transformation to, like, different <laughs> types of creatures so they don't get killed.
1: Yeah. I think that that's... Moody said the only person known ever to have survived it. So, yeah.
4: Hmm.
6: Hi, this is Jessica from Florida, and I had a general voicemail question. I was just wondering if there's a specific time limit to the amount of time Harry has to spend at the Dursleys for Dumbledore's magic to keep its effect. J.K.R. mentioned that the time that he spent during Half-Blood Prince at the Dursleys was the shortest time that he'd ever spent there, which was two weeks. So I would think that he would spend two weeks there during book seven just to be safe. Additionally, do you even think that the magic still exists because of Dumbledore's death? I love the show and I've been wondering this for a while. So I'd love your input. Thanks. Bye.
1: I don't think that it was a spell Dumbledore used. I think that it's magic that's created because of Petunia's connection to Lily. So I think it is still there. Yeah, it
3: was it was a blood connection. Even though Voldemort, uh, sorry, <laughs> even though Dumbledore performed that spell on on uh, Privet Drive, it should still hold as long as the blood relation yeah, is there. As long as Petunia as long as Harry will take calls it him. home or whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. So and yeah, and With that, but I, I mean the, well, theoretically, oh, I you know, uh, kind of answering her question, there. could Harry be protected for another year if Petunia just invited him into the house for dinner or <laughs> does he actually have to stay there for a certain amount of time?
5: Well, he has to go yeah, back. That's, that's weird. There's no question about it.
1: Well, yeah, of course. He was course. pretty much
5: told, wasn't
3: he?
1: But how much? Ta- how long does he have to stay?
0: Well, until he turns a man. Until he turns seventeen. No, 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 no. no. We're t- we're talking about how how long does he have to go before he can go back to Hogwarts again? Oh.
2: Like
0: how?
1: Like how, how long does he have to stay them? The would, stay with them that summer? Yeah. Until well, wedding,
2: until he turns probably. seventeen. No, and yeah, I think it's sort of like a uh, it's a limitation to the protection, kind of. I would say until the I wedding.
5: Mean,
2: well, that would be my un- guess. Why?
3: But
5: Not until the wedding,
3: because Why? when well. he turns, Dumbledore says that as soon as he becomes of age, the protection will wear off.
2: So, right? It's it's sort of like the family protection of a child. Once you. Are considered a man. You are now responsible for yourself and are responsible for protecting the yourself. The
3: two weeks just has to deal with the fact that by the time Hogwarts is over and they go home, it's actually the mid, uh, mid or late June, or maybe even July, so that you know it's only two weeks or so till his birthday.
5: That's do we know I mean, when they're, I mean, they're getting married? Though I mean, it would seem do. like an easy way out for him to leave, and I think also that he might realize, hey, well, when this protection wears off, there's a good chance that the relatives that I do still have alive, as much as I hate them, are going to be in danger.
3: Yeah, that's true. It's very true. Because once the protection is off, then people can – then Voldemort can set foot in Privet Drive if he wanted to and really turn things upside down. So it makes sense that yeah he would turn seventeen, but I, I the voicemail's asking when is the protection good for? Her. I think that's you know till his birthday. You think it's good till his birthday? But, yeah. right. I think that's the, the There's best. there's no yeah. saying yeah there's no saying he won't leave private drive only to go to the wedding like right away. I mean that's cool, but I, I think it's till his birthday.
0: I think he's gonna want to be out. I cannot picture him sitting there while this well, is going he didn't... on. I mean he's done it in the past books I know, but in this situation especially with Dumbledore hey that could be. Dead. He's gonna yeah, be that the could be order. part
1: of a... Like, what if Harry decides that it's not worth the protection to stay, and he leaves, and then... <laughs> no, and then he's without the protection. Like, what if something extremely drastic happens, and he refuses to stay there?
0: All right. Because he's gonna want to... Because he's... The protection's gonna wear off come his birthday anyway, so why... Why, why hold stay out there an extra yeah. month
2: or two? Yeah. And what are they going to be expecting? I mean, Death this Eaters, if seven they know just... he's... Chilling around the house. <laughs> Come his birthday, okay, they're all going to be, be go. on the door. At this the door. This book seven you
0: know? should just be called or the Phoenix too because there's going to be so much stuff dropping yeah. the order. I think. Uh, there will be. <laughs> uh, it's meant to be a joke. There is going to be a <laughs> lot of true <stuff laughs> <in order. laughs> Funny. It well it's true. Well, yeah,
5: it I, I thought He has to stay there for at least one night. I thought that's what he was told.
3: One night. Oh, one night after
0: his birthday? Do you mean,
5: no? He has to return to Privet Drive for at least one night. I thought the protection.
0: What does that do? Renew (laughs) your your maybe there's something we don't know. (laughs) You know what I
5: mean? Maybe there's something that's going to happen as a result of him staying there.
1: Yeah, I thought that Dumbledore always said that so long as Harry could call it home. Well,
3: that was that was you know for all intents and and purposes that was it was that long. In book three, when he said it, or something.
0: But I think what we're saying is, how long do you have to stay in the house to
2: renew your to your protection? Whatever was your subscription. Well, yeah, subscription.
6: Yeah, I think exactly. all that was said
2: was
3: that basically the protection will no longer be good once Harry's on his own, and you know, th- along those same terms, he said the power will still be good while you can call it home until you t- you come of age. Is basically the whole perspective of what I think was going on. Yeah, I
0: don't know. All right, let's move along.
6: Hi, Mugglecast. I was just wondering if I could get your opinion on whether you thought Luna Lovegood was a seer of some sort, because she seems to be always coming up with these strange thoughts, and Professor Trelawney is pretty strange herself. So maybe. Anyways,
1: just want to hear what you think. Thanks, guys. Love the show. off I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible, but at the same time...
0: I think it's a silly question.
5: No, no. She doesn't have there are no that questions. prophetic name. <laughs> not Cassandra just or Sibyl. weird.
3: Yeah. It's like Andrew's saying, she's just she's a little weird. Yeah, she has little she's stray weird. thoughts that her father probably implants in her brain. And, and, and you know, Although I do have to say,
1: just... to her credit, if she were, she wouldn't run around bragging about it.
3: That's true. Because Why not she's true?
1: not that kind of person. She's not like Trelawney. Oh, she wouldn't yeah, yeah. run around saying, you know, I have, you know, this ability and I can do this and this and this because she's just yeah, not that kind of character. She doesn't preach.
3: She doesn't preach. She doesn't throw the Rot Fang conspiracy in everybody's faces saying, you know, Fudge has got this this ministry uh, guard of, of werewolves. We're all going to die. She doesn't say it to people. She just believes it.
6: Hey, guys. This is Paige from Maryland. Um, Quick question for you. I wanted to know if you thought that. Vernon and Petunia's relationship was stable or what you thought they were about because apparently Petunia knows some stuff and Vernon doesn't know and they're hiding stuff from each other. So just want to know what you guys thought about that. Thanks. Love you all. Bye.
0: Not to judge, but don't all... (laughs) Andrew's going to say don't all marriage... Don't don't all wedding... Don't (laughs) all Yeah, isn't there something hidden? Marriages have secrets? Well, yeah.
3: That kind of goes along with the first sentence of the book. You know? Vernon Dursley and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Vernon Dursley were uh, proud to say they were perfectly normal. Unfortunately, being normal entails marital problems or, or secrets or some kind of ghost in the closet. Who doesn't have ghosts in the closet? Yeah.
2: Skeleton in the closet, you mean? Did I say ghost in the closet?
1: Yeah, but I think the point here is that Petunia, Petunia knows much more about magic in the wizarding world than she's willing to let on to, to Vernon.
0: Well, maybe Vernon doesn't want to know. Well, there's part of that.
3: He and, seemed and to want to know in Order think, of the Phoenix, though. Well, kind of. The Order of the Phoenix really ex- accentuated Vernon's situation. Um, you know, because here he has owls flying in and out, and uh, v- Vernon's here, and and his wife told him a long time ago that she didn't, you know, like her sister very much at all, or her. Uh, or her husband and and Vernon accepted that you know and and then Harry shows up and of course it's this this tie that Petunia doesn't really like and so Vernon keeps quiet about it he's an obedient husband okay and 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 he grows or th- this dislike for magic grows on him to the point where he's ripping up Harry's letters from Hogwarts all on Petunia's behalf then all these owls start coming his son is attacked and and he's completely flipping out which is exactly what petunia would have wanted him to do except at that very moment petunia says you know this boy has to stay here and and vernon is in such a pickle and i did just say pickle but he's an he's he, <laughs> yes, he he's in such a pickle because here he's he, he's this this guy who you know he didn't ask too many questions because he knew it would upset his wife we, you know we've we've had the uh the We've had the leisure, we've had the privilege of seeing, of having that insight in in into Vernon before. You know, he's that kind of guy. He doesn't want to upset his wife, but yet she knows so much more about him that she doesn't let on. And it's just this ongoing kind of thing where he won't ask, but he kind of should know because it's just a matter of time before Petunia has to divulge it. Right. With Harry's situation. I, I just, I love that character aspect about the Dursleys. It's easy to see them as comical people, but they are a real family. And something's really going on with Vernon and Petunia. Is it a stable relationship? Probably not, but I don't really see Vernon
0: packing his bags and walking out and saying, you don't tell me nothing. I mean. I think it's just Rocky now because obviously they were in love when they got married and the Harry got in the way, but they knew they were going to pull through it eventually. And, or, I mean, it's not going to be soon. Not 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 till book seven's long gone. But yeah, I
1: agree. I, I think know. that it's... you know, despite the fact that they're you know not the world's best people, I think that they do love each other.
3: Yeah. But but obviously the 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 crux is that Vernon doesn't know, and he doesn't really have the nerve to ask too much.
1: I
0: just think he's afraid. Yeah, to
1: and know. he doesn't want to upset her either. He said so in the first book that he didn't want to ask too many questions because it would take her off. Right.
3: But this hatred for magic and and different people really yeah. is brought Where's on by it come Petunia. From? To, well, it's brought on by Petunia to begin with is what I think.
1: Yeah, because he loves Petunia and he doesn't want anything to upset her. So
3: he adopts kind of her morals, but now she's kind of betraying that. Like she asked him to become this guy who says enough effing owls, but really it's kind of you know, it's she's she's now going back on that and she kind of has to admit yeah, the dementoids guard Azkaban. So
1: Okay, so next one.
4: Hi, guys. Um, this is Sarah from Santa Monica, California. This is a very late response to episode 57 about Aunt Petunia. But while I was listening to it in the car on the way home today, I was um, thinking of a theory that could possibly answer the what is deadly fear question and what is there about Aunt Petunia that we don't know. Um, my theory is that Aunt Petunia may be made the unbreakable vow with Dumbledore before Harry was left with the Sleeves. There's obviously many enchantments left over Privet Drive to ensure Harry's safety until he is of age, but do you think Aunt Petunia has made a vow to keep Harry there until he is 17? That would explain why she said that he had to stay in the fifth book when Vernon obviously wanted him to go go away, but I can't quite get over the fact that he did leave Privet Drive in the third book, but since he was immediately taken in by the Ministry, maybe it doesn't count. Maybe the unbreakable vow was told to Dudley, in which case his greatest fear is Harry leaving and his mother dying. From breaking the unbreakable vow, vow. <laughs> Tell me what you think. I know it's far-fetched, but I couldn't get out of my head while listening to episode fifty-seven. Um, thanks a lot, and I love your show. Pickles rock.
1: I think what she's saying is that perhaps Dudley's worst fear could be his mother dying as a result of breaking an unbreakable vow, or as a result of something. No, to no, with no, no.
5: Okay. He wasn't even old enough to witness it if, yeah. if the vow took place. I mean, he wouldn't even know what was going no, on. So I don't think, I don't so think that That's there's true, any yeah. chance.
2: He's I'm not, not
1: sure his boy it's because and... of the vow. I think that his greatest fear could be something to do with.
5: His greatest fear is an empty fridge, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, though, I mean, I think that, you know, like we were just talking about with. Vernon and Petunia they're not you know the world's greatest people but they love each other and I think Dudley loves his parents despite the fact that he's a little twit and I think that he realizes that especially after Order of the Phoenix hey Laura how
5: do you feel about Dudley I think he's
1: great (laughs) but I think that he realizes especially after Order of the Phoenix that what Harry is tied up in is very dangerous and that it could be a threat to his family so his worst fear could be, yeah, you know, I think so too. Death Eaters or, you know, Dementors or whatever raining down on his house.
3: The greatest fear is the unknown, but there is the thing, if we're talking about Dudley's fear, there is the thing that Dumbledore alluded to about the mistreatment of Dudley, like, I will not abuse your son any more than you have, and Dudley went silent and everybody else is sort of like, okay, what the heck is he talking about?
1: I don't think that he's talking about that kind of, I think he's talking about abuse like being spoiled. He's talking
3: about, oh... Uh, Right. Kind of like uh, Willy Wonka said to Augustus Gloop's parents. But um, would you guys say that – this whole vow thing, I just want to really put an end to this at least as far as my thoughts go. I I think when when the Dursleys agreed to take him in to begin with, when the Dursleys picked Harry up in his little blanket, plaid blanket if we're to believe the movies – and and took him into the house. As soon as they took him into that household, I thought that was sealing the deal. That yes. was doing a vow. That was I, – I, I don't think there was a separate occasion where Petunia met Dumbledore for tea and they had to lock hands and do a vow. I think just I, – I, the letter probably would have explained by taking him into this house, it is sealing this magical enchantment that I put on it. Try and give him enough of a home. I mean otherwise the protection won't work.
1: And I think Petunia realizes that despite the fact that she doesn't want anything to do with this world, that her world could be in danger as a result of not taking Harry in.
3: Exactly. And there's only
2: so so much you can be
3: ignorant to before you have to start, you know, understanding what's going to affect you. And
5: Dumbledore would never put somebody else in a position where they would risk their own life, so to speak, in terms of
1: Yeah, I don't see him forcing someone to take an unbreakable vow.
3: Yeah, that's what we said to begin with, as far as in you know when we first when book six first came out, would he do a vow? Well, no, because he trusts people.
0: Plus, it could be sealed in other magical enchantments. All right. Well, whew, that was a lot of voicemails, boys and girls, and Micah. <laughs>
1: so, like, dementors yes, aren't—they're not human and they're not animals. Micah is just Micah. He's—he's
0: he's not Micah. He's his own species. I would take that as a compliment. Like true. I do
5: I take it as a compliment,
0: oh okay, yeah Good. Well, he's a, you're you're an anchor man, you're not a man, you're not a woman, you're an anchor man. <laughs> comes down to. We have an update now on Robin's challenge, which we brought to you last week from a mature listener who emailed asking uh for other mature listeners to email in let's know that they let's differentiate between mature and older, I mean, well yeah, because we got an email about this earlier today, they're like. Well, just because we're not the younger listeners aren't immature, yeah. and I reply, I said, <laughs> well, mature doesn't mean uh, Robin doesn't mean mature as an older Robin means. I don't know. Robin means mature as an yeah. older, not as in basically immature. adult fans. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Uh, the first one comes. to... From Terry, 53, of St. Louis, Missouri. She writes, Hi guys, I'm 53 years young and have been listening to MuggleCast from the first episode. I have three grown-up sons, so I'm used to listening to video game talk. I'm not a gamer, but listening about that new Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix game might make me try it. great show. Wow. I also listen to PotterCast's statecast, but since you're the first podcast I ever listened to, you have a special place Aww. in my heart. Well, thank you, Terry. How nice of her. Lauren 54 of Connecticut writes, Okay, I fess up. I am a MuggleCast fan who is of a quote-unquote certain age. I have been listening to you guys since the third or fourth show, and I get a lot of laughs and good feelings from it. I just think that with all the negative things that are going on in the world, it is encouraging to hear young people put their attention into putting out something that makes people feel good. It may be true that it is important not to put your head in the sand about the state of the world, but I am a firm believer in creating your universe, so I am completely in support of what you are doing. If more people were like some of the characters of Joe's books and courageously made efforts to resist the temptation to be cynical instead of making a difference with their words and actions, we will be a much better world for it. Go, MuggleCast. Thank you, Lauren, for that. Another one, Diana, 41 of California, writes, hi, I'm addicted to the show. Diana. <laughs>
5: She's 41. That's how I said. I thought you just said she was addicted
0: Isn't? to the show.
1: No, he said Diana, 41 oh, of California.
0: Wow. She, put, she wrote, hi, I'm oh. 41 and addicted to the show another one actually I'm surprised we got this one Albus Dumbledore 150-ish right (laughs) Uh, from uh, he heard of us through word of mouth location if I told you Joe would really kill me Albus writes, I have a few confessions to make. I was moved by Robin's letter on last week's MuggleCast episode. I'm a mature listener at 150 years of age, and I'm coming out of the closet, if you will. That's very nice (laughs) Not only am I a very mature listener, (laughs) but I'm not really dead. If I were dead, I wouldn't be able to email you right now. I assure you there's no internet reception behind the veil. Yes, well, that is all.
1: (laughs) I think we need to change our little (laughs) captions on the main page to say appearance by Albus Dumbledore.
0: Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. And who other, are uh, Narcissa? The next one, Sylvia, 23 of Boston, writes, Well, I'm not really of a certain age because I'm only 23. However, my father and sister do fall into the category of a certain age. My father is 66 and finds Harry Potter to be a pleasant enough read that I was encouraged to buy him a copy of The Science of Harry Potter, How Magic Really Works. My sister is 31 and she loves the books. I am the only one who is a MuggleCast listener, however, because I'm the only one with my time, with the time to play with iTunes. My mother is unfortunately not a Harry Potter fan because she is not a fan of the fantasy genre. Just isn't her cup of tea. So the last one comes from Amiris, 35 of the Fresh Meadows in New York. She writes, I am 35. I am a 35-year-old Harry Potter and MuggleCast fan. I've been listening to the podcast for about a year now. Like Robin, I enjoy hearing young people exchange ideas and theories on a subject I hold near and dear. Between working full-time and being a mom to my own 11-year-old Weasley twin. Twins, I guess you meant. I don't have much time to myself. I look forward to my weekly MuggleCast listening times. It's if it's on the bus on my way home from work, while cooking dinner for my family, or listening while in the bath after a long day. I look forward to each new episode. Some working moms have yoga. I've got Andrew, Kevin, Ben, Jamie, Micah, and Laura to keep me sane. <laughs> keep up the great work, guys. What? Oh, oh, she missed you. Oh, wait. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I will admit, Eric sometimes drives us yeah. all insane. Keep up the great uh, – Eric, I'm sure it was just a mistake. Mm. Keep up the great work, guys. Your enthusiasm is – is does she mean contagious or contiguous? It's contiguous. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> Your enthusiasm <laughs> is contiguous and inspiring to us older got Andrew listeners. To say contiguous. Thanks for the smiles. We have a crack pie theory for everyone oh, this crap. week. I mean crack pie. Eric Skull. Uh. This one comes from Jacob24 of Texas. Percy Weasley will help Harry contact Sirius behind the veil
3: yeah oh, well Percy as a ministry official would have maybe some information regarding the, nece- the 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 methods of of doing anything I guess like I don't know the unspeakables Percy is not an unspeakable but he is an undersecretary to the minister or was at one point I, it's not too unlikely that if Percy is in fact good and, and in fact, uh, or is in fact willing to help Harry that he would know where to go about obtaining any information, uh, be it, uh, well, spe- more specifically, stuff that goes on in the ministry. Um, if he's the undersecretary to the minister and the minister would need to write a note to the unspeakables, uh, Percy would probably dictate, or, you know, Fudge would dictate, he would write it down and he would know where to take it. What I'm saying is Percy has the information because he works at the ministry. Doesn't mean he knows everything about the veil, but it seems likely that Percy would be able to access any kind of data or findings on the veil that were up to date if he should perchance want to
0: find it. Okay, well, Jacob actually took a different approach. He um he went on Wikipedia, and he found the, um not the definition, but the the name origin, Micah, of Percival. And it derives from Old French, uh, Percival in Old French meaning pierce the veil <laughs> uh, so that's what he's thinking it's kind of interesting it's because, uh, and,
3: <laughs> I know why it's because Percy is such a pointy head that when they throw him through the veil <laughs> it's going to pierce it sorry yeah well I hmm. guess that comes so. to a point
0: and then two other points he brought up was that he works at the ministry and of course could potentially have access and he has something to, he has to do something to make up with his family so this is true. there's a crackpot theory of the week Quick McDonald's update, Uh, hopefully we got all all of our submissions in, they were due by the end of November, it's now, what, December 2nd? Yeah, yes, third,
5: third,
0: third, December 3rd, recording early in the week, folks, this is a different type of show for us, for once. Um, but yeah, so I'll be posting the McDonald's challenge uh, winners. Well, I'll be posting everyone's entries, uh, hopefully within the next week or so, and the winner will be receiving a free MuggleCast T-shirt and, and uh, a book. So look forward a book. to this. And a book. And oh, and a copy of the book um, when my sequel comes out. I'll also <laughs> sign that for you and get that off to you. <laughs> that does conclude MuggleCast episode sixty-six. Hope everyone's enjoyed the show. If you would like to contact us, you could. Always dial 121820Magic 1, 1, in the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 02081440677. If in Australia, you can dial double six eight. You think after how many times now I've announced these, I actually would remember them? No, still don't remember You can also Skype the username Mongocast to leave a voicemail question. I think we've been through enough voicemails today to last us. Uh, <laughs> another year basically we <laughs> just caught been going. For the
3: past 20 episodes we haven't had them on so
0: yeah and let us know what you thought of doing an all voicemail show yeah maybe we'll do them more often of course we need the voicemails to supplement the episodes and if you want to send us something uh, something an actual item you can uh, mail it to the MuggleCast P.O. Box that's P.O. Box 223 Mount Ridge Kansas Kansas 67107 you can also contact us on the MuggleCast feedback form. Just go to MuggleCast.com. Or if you want to contact, uh, contact us directly, it's our first name at staff.mugglemet.com. So, once again, that concludes MuggleCast episode 66. I am Andrew Seams. I am Kevin Steck.
5: I am
1: Eric Skull. I am Laura Thompson.
5: And I'm uh, Micah Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>
0: MySpace, 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 MySpace. Oh my God, MySpace! Don't forget our MySpace, Frapper. Become our friends, Frapper. Facebook. I'm gonna make a. So- That's gonna be my next Wizard <laughs> Rock single. It's gonna be promoting all of our outlets, our community outlets. MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last FM, Fanless MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last FM, Fanless It's, a frapper, it's, a, frapper it's a frapper map. It's a Frapper map. It's a Frapper
2: map. I'll to demo frapper, that. Map, rap. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like that. I like that, Eric. I'm signing you it's on. Sweet. Come over my house, we'll record the, a, a the new Frapper song. The Map rap. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, I like it. The YouTube... Uh,
3: single. The YouTube Cube. The
0: MySpace. Place.
4: Please. Place. Please. Ah.
0: Bye-bye. I wonder what the outtakes are going to be. <laughs> it's
4: going to be an yeah, awesome new single.
5: That's all the news for this December 2nd, 2000. No, it's today's the third. That's all the news for this December 3rd, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show.